following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This is the Players' Lounge. Broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Now your hosts, Barry Church, Danny McRae, and Nui Scruggs. All right, everybody, hump day, hump day. Week number two, the Cowboys getting ready to face the Atlanta Falcons. And here on the Players' Lounge, we have a special guest. I'm Nui Scruggs, by the way, joined by former Cowboys safeties Danny McCray and Barry Church. This show brought to you by Hotels.com. And let's bring in the guru right now. He is yeah. our friend, Will McClay, who is uh, going to drop some knowledge on us because there's a lot of moving parts going on here with the Cowboys. You guys have questions. So, all right, Church, take it away. Uh, well, we're going we're gonna to let Danny uh, go ahead and take it away. I think he had a great first question um, for Will. And by the way, Will, I mean, most of our viewers, they already know you as the guru, the guy that brings all the talent into the Dallas Cowboys. But little known fact for our listeners, Will McClay on the side is an amazing DJ. If you want your playlist <laughs> right, that's the man you got to talk to. He gets you for the jogs. He gets you for the workout, anything you need. My man is an amazing DJ, man. Little known fact, just a little known fact. I'm just yeah, a yeah, DJ I, for the crew that earns it, you know. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, man, yeah. So, hey, Will, listen, we, we definitely appreciate you for coming on first. And I, I'm going to say it personally for, for myself. When I played, I know that you always looked out for me, so I definitely appreciate that. And church the same because you had to go find both of us to get us to come on. Uh, so appreciate it. But so lead, lead from that, we'll lead that. I guess that leads us to our next question is, so speaking with Jerry Jones and hearing what he said about, you know, working in-house to find some some replacements for some of the guys who were injured, just trying to, like, pick your brain and see, like, what what's the process for deciding if you're going to go in-house and how you how you kind of evaluate those guys to see if they're able to be starters for the remainder of the season or however long they need to be starters versus going, you know, outside to go uh, find talent. You know, it's, it's really next man up, first off, because when you have a roster and guys that have been working on things, and although we didn't have a full preseason, uh, the players that you have, you hopefully you get the right ones to start with. They learn kind of what they're doing. Uh, and then the, the coaches have to look at the players that we have and see how we're going to use the guys that are on the roster. If they're serviceable, serviceable uh, for us to run the offense or defense or be able to adjust and still do what we do, we go in-house. If it's something that's a little bit more concerning, we would go out you know and try and find somebody that fits specifically what they were looking for the best part about it though is going back to the draft and working with coach McCarthy and the staff is get us good football players if we got good football players you know then the coaches can find places to put them in and things to do to work within the scheme okay all right well um for me my question uh would have to be well you know I mean you've done you've dealt with and you've been around plenty plenty of secondaries including some of our our better secondaries when I was there and some of our worst secondaries but um, for my question is, what did you think of the play of this young secondary for week one? I mean, I know they're young. They have some experience back there, but they're pretty young. Um, what did you feel like their play was for the week one in, uh, against the Rams? 
I felt like, you know, for the whole team, it was kind of a a new deal. It was like the first preseason game, it seemed like, because now you're out there live. And so there were some things technically that we didn't complete all the way, but you see the opportunity to grow and you see some of the plays that they make. You know, that, 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 that there's going to be some guys that just step up and do things, and then we're getting J. Lou back. And so there's a bunch of flexibility and versatility within the defense. So if they just hit the, the, the cues, and, and L.A. was playing the game more lateral than vertical, so uh, I was proud of the way that the guys stepped up. And, you know, DBs, especially corners, you safeties tackled. But corners don't like to tackle. But our corners stepped up and tackled <laughs> and played well. They did. And, and for our viewers out there, can you, can you explain what you meant by um, the Rams um, playing more of a lateral game than a vertical game? Yeah, you know, typically you want to see they, they didn't want to face our pass rush. And so they ran a lot of screens and a lot of their passes were under three to four yards. So, the you know, the pass rush wasn't able to get there and they were playing the game sideline to sideline. They were trying to make us run laterally as opposed to vertically, you know, running the deeper routes and doing those sort of things. OK, OK. And then uh, part two of my question, I should have prefaced it by saying there was two parts to it, but um, with the addition of Brandon Carr. What do you think a veteran like him, you know, he's a consummate pro, he pretty much can show you the ropes of how to watch film, how to break down things, but what do you think he can bring to this Dallas Cowboys secondary? Yeah, he brings that leadership like you talked about, number one, and, you know, with a group of young guys, you know, it, it, there's, there's uh, something that you have to learn about being a pro, like you said, like watching the tape about how to prepare, you know, what to expect, those things. So he brings that knowledge, but also his ability to play all over. And one of the things that we're looking for in the defense is versatility, the way the game is played offensively now. You know, it's about matchups and doing those things. So yeah, he's just another piece. He can play nickel. He can play the dime linebacker. He can play safety. You know, he can play free. He can play strong. So I think with all of that that uh, experience he has, he understands the things that can happen and communicate well and help these young guys, you know, as we go into the next phase of it. Gotcha. And then, then, then for me, you know, j just looking forward, I mean, I, I, I know you're not Coach McCarthy, but just, just to kind of get your idea on a few things that we may be able to do better to, you know, to, to, to perform a little bit better as we move on in the season, right? Because I know we, we had a few issues with the run. And like you said, this team, they didn't want to face our pass rush, so they wanted to go sideline to sideline. So I would imagine that, you know, a few teams will watch the film and try to do the same thing as the Rams did. So just, just your idea on some things that we could possibly do better to negate uh, teams that come in and think that that'll be the way to beat us. I think, you know, from every experience you learn and, and we understand that, you know, they were running more of the zone scheme, trying to get us to go lateral, those things up front. Uh, so when you go and you adjust, uh, like we did in the second half, from, from limiting them being able to score and limiting the run some, we're playing a little bit faster up front. Uh, and then in the secondary, you just there's a, there's a number of different things that we can do uh, differently. It's it's uh, you know we're going to play a little bit more man coverage if you mix your mans and your zones uh, together uh, the right way, and you, you you dial up your fronts a little bit different, not to get into any sort of scheme wise stuff. But I just think we have to play with more consistency and more urgency early on. Right, and, and I so and I mentioned that you know so we we got a new DC. Everything's pretty much new, new defensive uh, coordinator, new special teams coordinator, new offense. Uh, you know, Kellen is in his second year, but you got, you know, a little, little stuff from Mike McCarthy coming in. My thought was that just like when Rob Ryan came in and we uh, had the lockout and we missed the entire offseason, it was a little difficult for us to pick up the defense because we didn't have as much time to install and get those rips. So 
you know, just me watching the game, I, I didn't see as, as much, uh, you know, exotic type stuff. So I just imagine that that stuff will come in. Do, do you see these guys being able to, you know, were they able to pick up, I guess, everything that, 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 that was thrown at them uh, throughout training camp? Yeah, they've done a good job of picking things up. And there's, uh, you know, when, when you say, just get me good players um, and we'll fit the scheme around it, there's multiple parts of the scheme that the players have to learn too. So, you know, first time in live action doing all that stuff, it, it, it does take some time. And just like you said, that, uh, you know, like when Rob came in uh, that, that year, uh, it was new things that you had to do. Well, you think about it, um, the guys are going through those steps and kind of understanding the defense. And you think so many of our players uh, that were coming back from last year were in the old scheme. And it's different from going vertical to now, you know, especially up front, to playing more two-gap and playing more flat. So you have to continue to get those game reps to get that skill set down to, to, you know, to understand and to play the new scheme. And guys are getting it. And that's the thing. It's a, you know, like Tyrone Crawford was saying to me, it's like, hey, man, we were so used to going upfield that, you know, for your first instinct is this, you know, to play it that way. Mm-hmm. But the more reps you get, the better you'll get at it. And a new opponent is going to bring new challenges. So it's just be everybody being on the same page. That, that, that's really perfect, man, because, because I, and I said it just because from experience, it's difficult for like if you get into like week three and your and your team is not able to stop the run right usually you, you like for the rest of the season you're just known as the team who's not able to stop the run it's hard to be to, to like be able to fix that after you get into the season but when you go into you know the explanation that you gave and and it is it, it makes me feel more positive about it because it's like it's some things that we can change the familiarity with with the scheme and you know old old ways have to turn into new ways are things that we can fix and help us become you know a, a dominant run stopping team versus hey man we just we're just not physical we can't stop the run we're just out of place right so it's it's, it's things to look forward to it's definitely things to look forward to the thing that i feel good about is that you have people that can do the job and then their commitment to doing it it's just like out there at practice today you know defensively you have enough veteran leadership and guys that have been around and have pride in what they do that are going to force each other to get better and to eliminate the mistakes and do the things that's necessary for a team to to, to overcome the you know the, the some of the things from last week will be much better this week because the guys are taking it on themselves and that's the thing i'm most proud of is the people that you bring in and and how they push each other to be better and hold each other accountable. Dope. Yeah, well, I'm. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, well, go well, ahead. Go ahead. I, I thought I dropped the mic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to let the guys ask the questions here because it, it's their show. But um, can you help me in two situations here? One with Sean Lee um, having surgery here. Um, talk. Can you give us some information more about your, you know, what you're doing to reinforce the linebacker spot? And also, uh, is Jordan Lewis expected to play against Atlanta on Sunday? Yeah, Jordan's taking reps. Uh, uh, Luke Gifford, who didn't play last week, he's taking reps. Um, you know, Joe Thomas stepped in. Um, we, we, you know, we've got players that uh, we feel like can come in and fill in the spots. You, you never replace a Leighton Van Der Esch or a Sean Lee. Uh, but the guys that come in, they can do their deal as well and, and fit into the defense well. That's why we kept them here. So I expect them to step up and play, and it's their time to shine too. 
All right. One one thing that, that we've had people talking about, and you get the, the overreaction, it's the first game, and it's just Cowboy Nation, and, and, and they, they want to go overboard. But I've heard people say, well, maybe it's time to put Connor Williams in tackle and then maybe put Joe Looney at guard. Or put it. I mean, people want all kinds of changes here on the <laughs> O-line after one week. Tell people the process of what training camp is like and what combinations guys are used to and that you just kind of don't throw out the whole thing after one week because you lost by three points. No, we believe in the people that we have, and they have to improve what they're doing. We have to help them out with some of the things we're doing. And with it's like riding a bike. The first time you rode it, you might have skinned your knee the first time. Now the second time, you got better. The third time, you got better. We feel good about the group. No, it's not Leo Collins out there and some of the stuff, but these guys are paid to do, you know, to do their jobs, and that's what we expect to do. You can't just switch everything around. It's not fantasy football. You can't take a piece and put it into place and think that everything runs uh, consistently from the beginning. Um, you know, it's just like you go into your job. If you got somebody new working next to you, you have to figure them out and you still have to do your job. And that's what we're, that's where we're at right now. And we feel better about it. And we have to continue to do things to, uh, uh, you know, work to use our strengths to, you know, to the positive and, and overcome some of the negatives by doing some things that way schematically. And that's what all our teams are going to have to do. The teams that are wanting to know they're going to have problems next week and then everybody will be talking about them. So it is a marathon, not a sprint. Let me ask one more question. This is talking about the tight end. Blake Jarwin, who's a guy you identified two years ago as a player you really liked, and and we all thought this was going to be the breakout season, but he's out for the year with a uh, torn ACL. You uh, helped draft Dalton Schultz here. He's the backup. How does Coach McCarthy and Kellen Moore, how do they coach him up to be able to now take over this role that Blake Jarwin had? I mean, I think we're going to do it by committee. You know, Blake Jarwin brought us something, uh, something a little bit different, that element to threaten the seam, you know, from the tight end position. Dalton can do some of those things. Maybe we do it formationally. We have other weapons that can, you know, achieve the same uh, kind of what, what uh, Blake's role might have been on some plays. We have different ways of setting it up and doing that. I think you, you, you never replace him, but then we use the strengths of Blake Bell, Dalton Schultz, Sean McKeon. You know, we use those guys and maybe some of the other receivers. There's just a different way to attack it. McCray, Church, what else you got for Will McClay? I'm good. I mean, I think he pretty much hit on all figures. I mean, as always, he's a pro at what he does, man. Thank you once again, Will, for uh, stepping I, on the players' lounge with us. I, got, I, well, got I a appreciate it. Yeah, I got okay. one, one question for you. No, no, no. It's, it, it's, it, it has nothing to do with football. The Rockets are out. You know, we we both H Town guys, all right. Yes. So we still have we still have to we still have to pick somebody to win. Who's winning the NBA championship this year? I, I hate to say it, but it's probably going to be the Lake Show. I, but the Heat, the Heat, the, the Heat have surprised me. The Heat have surprised me uh, yeah. in the way that they play, and that's one of those deals where that's a great story in looking at a team coming together when people didn't think, you know, that whole deal. And and before I leave, I wanted to say uh, the reason why I, I, I love coming on the show and seeing Danny McRae and Barry Church is. Players know players. You know, I used to always go to them and at practice. We would talk about a guy, a young guy coming in, and what do you think? And and it's just like on this radio show. You guys work together and do well, and and, and I enjoy listening to you and doing those things. And I'm proud to be part of the uh, the old DB crew. I'm the oldest of the old DBs. <laughs> the, the OG crew. The OG, the OG DBs. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. D- DJ Will, so so I, I need your professional opinion. <laughs> Who is better? 
Tupac or Biggie? Who you got? Uh-oh. Yeah, you can't do that to me. No. <laughs> Uh-oh, he in trouble. Uh, he in trouble. No, no. I, I, I am uh, from the South, so we typically liked the West Coast when I was younger, but Biggie was the guy was the guy to me. Biggie was the okay. was, was the guy. <laughs> mm, nah, That's what I'm man, talking about. No. East Coast, no. man. East Coast representative. No. I love it. I love it. I'm, I'm oh. Tupac all day. Bro. I'm Tupac all day. I'm, 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 I'm really, I'm really, I'm really Scarface, so don't even go there. No okay. Way. All right. That, that, hey, 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 respect. 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 Okay. Never seen a man cry till I seen a man die. Okay. I, mean, I love some Scarface. Yes, sir. Okay. okay. I love some yes, Scarface. Um, okay. Yes, sir. So, so, we have another players lounge kind of debate at times, Will, and want to weigh in on this. Danny and Barry love the movie Life with, with Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I don't think it is oh, one of Eddie hey. Murphy's better movies at all. I'm down on Life. So where do you stand on that movie? I quote life. Maybe it's because I spent time around them young fellows, but uh, I, I watch life, and I actually watch life with my son, Ooh, I don't know. During the, we were staying oh. at home, and we were both dying laughing. Yes, it's yes. a classic. It's, it's, it's a classic. It's not. It's not as funny as Harlem Nights. Uh, it's to Eddie me. top five. Is it Eddie top five? Okay, because I don't think it's. Eddie oh, there's top no five. question. There's no question. There's I no question because. <laughs> Because because of all of the Beverly Hills cops, they all run together. So that's one movie right there. So okay, yeah, yeah. So so it's Life, <laughs> it's Harlem Nights, um, it's that one where he was talking to the tree. No, I'm just kidding. Which thanks, Louie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So so it's, it's three. What's your top five, New? What's what's your top five, New? Okay, from from my Eddie Murphy, um, Forty Eight Hours. Love that when he played Reggie Hammond in there. Um, okay, Beverly Hills okay. Cop. Beverly Hills Cop is in there. Um, w- one that the guys shot me down on, but I think was was really an Oscar performance, and he should have won it. Was when Eddie Murphy played in Dreamgirls. Uh, he was fantastic playing that character Jimmy in that movie. I thought he was sensational. You watched that with your wife. Th- see, there's a difference no, no, between watching no, when you talk about the ones with the fellas. No, no, I did not. I did not watch that with my wife. I actually watched that on the road in my car driving from Dallas Fort Worth to Austin. And, and what? The- That's the you did what? That's the yeah, yeah, yeah. I that, it re- that's why I thought it was so good. <laughs> yeah. You only so watched, watched 10 watched minutes of it because you were watching no, I the watched room. the whole thing. I watched the whole thing in my car because Lusaka Polite and some other guys um, had this hookup with a, with a car guy, and they could go ahead and switch your screens that you could actually watch your screen while you drive. <laughs> <laughs> and I had this Jeep. I could watch movies while I drove. And so, uh, remind, me to, remind me to never drive when you're on the highway, Nui, because you might be watching a movie and it might be a tearjerker. I don't want to be on the road. He's going to be called the car wreck. He's going to be called the car wreck cowboy. You keep on playing. <laughs> All right, we're, we're, we're late for our break. We're late for our break. Will, thank you so much for stopping by, and we appreciate talking some Cowboy football and other things with you, my man. Uh, have a good one. We'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll be looking for a Cowboys uh, victory as they take on Atlanta, uh, the first, uh, first game with, home game of the year, Jerry World. Thank you, buddy. Thank you, appreciate fellas. Appreciate it, Will. Appreciate yep. it. Uh, <laughs>
All right, that's Will McClay here on the Players' Lounge with Nui Scruggs, Danny McRae, and Barry Church. We've got to take our first break right here on the Players' Lounge, brought to you by Hotels.com. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Essilor is a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys, helping fans see more and do more with our best vision solutions. Our lens technologies reveal a world more beautiful than you can imagine. For a limited time, get the Essilor Next Gen offer. When you buy the latest generation of Transitions lenses with select Essilor lenses, you can choose a second pair of clear lenses for free with qualifying frame purchases. Restrictions apply. Find a participating eye care professional by visiting EssilorUSA.com. Essilor. See more. Do more. To the Players' Lounge. <laughs> hey, 12 Cowboys Way brings high-rise luxury apartment living within steps of the Dallas Cowboys headquarters at the Star in Frisco, providing luxury amenities, multiple floor plans, and unparalleled conveniences. 12 Cowboys Way is where elite living meets exclusive access. Leasing is available now. Book your virtual tour or in-person tour at 12cowboysway.com. You're in the Players' Lounge. We do it every day at 2. 30 p.m. Central Time. Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter, joined by former Dallas Cowboys players, safeties Danny McCray and Barry Church. And we want to thank Will McClay for popping on here, the guru uh, who helps pick the Cowboys players. Um, Will, one of the more knowledgeable football guys out there. I always enjoy my football conversations with him, and hopefully you guys uh, enjoyed what we brought to you as well. Uh, Danny, Barry, tell me, what stood out from you from what we heard from Will McClay? Uh, for me, what stood out the most was how how firm he was on his on the belief of you know they have to bring him in house. I mean it seems like when I'm talking about in house, I'm talking about bringing um, with the injuries of you know Blake Jarwin and LVE and Sean Lee. It stood out to me that they all had that same philosophy. It's like look, we got to look in house first to bring it up, and he basically broke down the whole situation, like how they go from training camp to or from you know well this year it was just training camp, and how you can't just you know put pieces here and here like it's fantasy football. These guys have jailed together through all of camp and they got to figure it out that way. So they're definitely bringing it up through in-house and I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah, and, and, and for me, I think it was, it, it brought me from a, the disappointing Monday morning quarterback to, you know, feeling more positive about what we have going forward, right? Because 
I watched the game, and, and as upset as I was with you know Watson is not being able to stop the run and do certain things, it brought me back to you know he said riding a bike, right? The first time you get on, you might you might scratch your knee up, and you do have to realize that we didn't tackle, we didn't really hit, we didn't have preseason. There's a lot of stuff that we didn't do that we normally do, and and it just you know he made me feel like it just showed up in game one. And, you know, as we as we progress through the season, we should be able to fix some of those things. Right. The, the, the players not being used to two gapping and being and switching from a two one gap to a two gap and those type of things. Those are really big changes. Right. So it'll take them some, some time to learn that. So I won't I won't so much expect them to turn it around this week. I, I expect them to play better. But as the as the year goes on. I think they'll be able to pick that up and get rid of those old ways and, and, and uh, you know, and buy in and, and be able to compete in this new defense. I first met Will McClay when he was the Dallas Desperados head football coach. Well, actually, he was an assistant. Then he ended up taking over for Joe Avizano, and, and they were a really good football team. And so getting to talk to Will and seeing how he actually ran a team and, and the confidence the guys had in him, um, that's where I first got to meet him. So I know he knows his football and the understanding of the game. I just really liked how what Barry was saying. He set us straight because after the first week, you know, you got people wanting to fire Kellen Moore, people that will, will throw, mm -hmm. throw, take out steel, put right, put, put, um, Connor, Connor Williams at the right tackle spot, move Joe Looney off center, put in the rookie. I mean, all these changes after one game in which you lost by three points. We saw other people get destroyed week one. The Cowboys were right there till the very end of this football game. And I'm wearing this Dallas Stars hat. Congratulations to the Stars. They won the West. Oh, They're yeah. going to go play for the Stanley Cup four wins away. And one thing that I'm reminded about is how their season started, guys. The Stars were 1-7-1 and one to start the season. People were saying, Yo, this team's no good. These guys don't have any heart. And they, uh, they got it. It's a long Sports are a long season. We like everybody to start out with a bang. But guess what? Cowboys started out 3-0 last year. People sitting there talking about Super Bowl. And this is not a team that ended up in 2019 making the playoffs. So just, just, just hold on, okay? Hold on. Football no, teams <laughs> take a while to go. Yes, yes, McCray, go ahead. No, no I, I want to I make this clear while we're on the show. I was specifically okay. talking about the defense. <laughs> what we saw <laughs> offense, I am still not happy with the play calling. You know, some of that, that it had nothing to do with the players being out there and being able to take contact, right? And I was specifically talking about us not being able to stop the run and in turn not uh, us not being able to rush the passer and having that opportunity. Some of the stuff I saw on offense, I still feel the same way that I felt on Monday about. Yeah, my mind can be changed, but I was specifically just talking about the defense. Uh, you know, shuffling up, reshuffling the old line and all that stuff. I don't think so. But I was specifically talking about us utilizing our playmakers to stretch the field and make big plays. So you still mad? No, I was mad. I was mad, but now I'm confused. And then hopefully, hopefully on, on, on Sunday, I'm no longer confused. I'm either I, what I what I'm thinking is right, or I was like, I'm, I'm wrong. All right, now we put now we putting some real stuff in. Okay. All right. All right. Well, it's Wednesday, and, and, and Mike McCarthy already said at his press conference they're moving forward. You you can't do anything else about the Ram game. It's time to go ahead and go to Atlanta. And one of the differences, and I thought Will McClay pointed out very well, the Rams had decided we are going to go with quick passes. We're not going to allow your pass rushers to, to we're not going to get in that game. We're not going to have our quarterback dropping back, uh, doing five, seven-step drops. Well, we know Atlanta with Matty Ice, he likes to go ahead and drop back and, and sling that thing. So 
the matchup this week, if Atlanta doesn't change, if they go out there and do what they did against Seattle, um, this can play into the Cowboys' hands. It's going to be fun to see exactly how both defenses, okay, both defenses have warts, how they slow this down. I expect a high-scoring game between the Cowboys and the uh, Falcons because both teams have some really good receiving weapons in this game here. So I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. And uh, like you said, it was it was very interesting that um, how he broke that down, how they wanted to play more lateral instead of uh, vertical. And I think that was a, a great point. And, and McVay did a great job coaching that. But um, they took basically they took the aggressiveness from the defensive line because if you if you don't have time to get back there, you start to get frustrated. And then you say, okay, how else can I impact this game? Maybe if I put my hands up and jump and you know try to bat balls and everything, but then that takes away from your pass rush. So I just think the Rams did a great job of basically, like Will said, playing lateral instead of vertical. Now with Atlanta, I think they're more of a vertical team. You always see Matty Ice back there taking those five-step drops rather than those three-step drops. So I think that plays into the hand of our defensive line. I think we can be a little bit more aggressive this week, and hopefully we can get after Matt Ryan because uh, we're going to need to. Yeah, I, I still feel the same. I think that the um, that the Falcons can actually run some of the same stuff that the um, that the Rams ran. So. If, if we, we have to adjust and we have to prepare to see this throughout the rest of the season. Teams trying to negate our pass rush by, by getting the ball out quick and, and possibly running laterally. So, you know, defensively, our defensive line and linebackers, like the, the number one focus is being able to stop the run because those short passes don't work. You can't do that all game if you aren't able to pick up three and four yard gains on runs consistently. So right. we, we're still going to have to stop it. Okay, stay, stay with me there, Danny, on your point. I was talking to a former um, coach and player who said to me, one of the issues that the Cowboys had was from a defensive back standpoint. If you know, all right, they're going to go quick. All right, and Jared Goff was basically wherever he looked, he threw the ball. So if he took the snap, started looking left, he was throwing left. His feeling was that the Cowboy DBs needed to play up closer. And, and he said, because they were not trying to go over the top. They weren't trying to throw deep because they were getting rid of the football quicker. So if they're doing that, why not play up on them uh, uh, well, closer? And so that'll – go ahead. Go ahead. Well, what I, well, see, that's what the Rams do that's great, right? So they get you in these tight formations. And as DBs, what happens was when you put the, the receivers so tight – uh, DBs have to get on different levels, right? So it's difficult for them to, to get up and press every play because that would create a lot of pick routes. And I'm sure that McVay had some options to, to where if we're pressing all the time, they'll figure out a way to pick us and run real rights and, and get the get the ball deep down the field. So it's just something that we're going to have to scheme up and you know figure out how to blitz them and stop the run and get them out of those tight formations and, and, and make them run a true offense down the field. All right, we've got to squeeze in another break right here on the Players' Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com. When we get back, let's get into Randy Gregory, Sean Lee, and uh, Jordan Lewis, some Cowboys news there. I'm Newey Scruggs. You also have Danny McCray and Barry Church, two former Cowboys safeties, riding along with you right here on DallasCowboys.com radio. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With tight cleaners at home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at home pickup and delivery today. We can't wait to see the Cowboys back on the field, and we can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to watch them play. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your tickets. 
Plus, tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events will all be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. Otterbox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And Otterbox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com it's football season and when you're tailgating with your friends and your family you want the best meat on your grill pettigene meats makes the best hot dogs the pettigene griller or the all beef franks will score to complete that tailgate meal pettigene meats has hickory smoked sausage hot links polish sausage and the best hickory smoked bacon and ham around available at your local retailer and a proud sponsor of the dallas cowboys it's pettigene meats Taste the difference. Back to the Players' Lounge. Cinema Drive-Ins brings the classic nostalgia of a drive-in movie to the star, enjoying all the features of these timeless outdoor theaters in a safe, innovative environment brought to you into brought into a 21st century uh, with the latest technology, stunning visuals, the latest and greatest Hollywood blockbusters. New movies are featured every weekend at the Gaylord Lot at the Star in Frisco. For details, visit thestarinfrisco.com. Back here for another segment of the Players' Lounge. Danny McCray, Barry Church, former Cowboys safeties, join me every day at 2.30 p.m. Uh, and I'm just merely Newey Scruggs, longtime Cowboys reporter. We are in our SWBC Mortgage Virtual Home Studios here. All right, uh, Sean Lee, Cowboy linebacker we were thinking was going to come off the IR after uh, three games. It, it's not going to happen. He's going to be on longer. He had surgery for a sports hernia there. So, what is the concern level, Danny McCray? Because we have Sean Lee out for an extended time and Leighton Vanderesh, two of your top three linebackers, not going to be in the lineup for a minute. Uh, for me, it's a pretty big concern. Like I said, I, I know I keep harping on being able to stop the run, but we need linebackers that are able to get in there, take on those blocks and stop the run. And when LVE goes down, you, you, you assume that you have a pretty strong backup in, in the great Sean Lee. And then now that he's out, now you possibly have to go to was a second year and then a rookie player, somebody, or if you go outside, somebody that's not familiar with the defense. So I think it's a big concern, but you know, like Will came on here and I feel more positive about it that he believes in the guys that we have in our locker room. So, you know, he, he's never let me down. So I'm, I'm with him. <laughs> uh, to me, it, it's it's a little concerning. Even even with the with the stuff the great Will had uh, had said to us earlier. I mean, we we did struggle a little bit versus the the Rams versus the run, and that just compounds even more with LVE going down, and we don't have a backup with the capabilities like Sean Lee, who's experienced, who knows what to do and can bring everybody together. We don't have that. So right now, I think we got um, Joe Thomas as there in there as the as the backup with the in house bringing it up. And he's a, he's a good player, but I see him more of that dime linebacker role, that, that coverage-type linebacker role. I don't see him, you know, sticking his nose in there and being a banger uh, each and every down. And then what happens if he goes down? Then we're going back. Then we got to go to Luke Gifford, who I think this is his second year uh, in the league, and he hasn't had a lot of playing experience. So 
Uh, I'm, I'm pretty concerned when it comes to this defense stopping the run in that front seven. So hopefully they can find something to get done um, for this week coming up against Atlanta. I know their run game doesn't look as strong as it did in years past, but Todd Gurley, I mean, he he might not be the Todd Gurley of old, but he can still run the ball well, and we're going to need that linebacking core in there to help stop it. So hopefully they will have a solution by Sunday. The shame of it is it's something we spoke about before the draft, talking about the linebacker situation. We said, hey, look, uh, you already know Sean Lee traditionally doesn't give you 16 games, okay? It's just in his career. He's only done it one time. And with Leighton Van Der Esch missing time, that you had two guys who, if you were just being honest, you shouldn't look to to finish 16 football games. And we're already at that point. If you're the Cowboys, obviously you patchwork it and you deal with it. But... You start looking into the draft in 2021, this now becomes another position you have to look at. You know, you've got this, you've got the tight end spot because Blake Jarwin's going to be coming off of ACL. you got to look at the tackle spot here. You may have to draft yourself a swing tackle uh, after watching Lel Collins deal. He's going to miss games this year. He's on the IR right now. We've seen Tyron miss many games the past three seasons. Uh, this, you got issues, man. And then up front, the defensive tackle spot. So it's just kind of a... It's a tough pill to swallow, and this is where Mike Nola's going to earn his cash. How do you fix your linebacking core here? All teams are going to have issues to deal with, but right now, the Cowboys the linebacking core is going to be interesting, and you've got a tight end in Hayden Hurst coming in here this week, and Matt Ryan likes to isolate them. If he's putting Joe Thomas and, and, and Jalen Smith and Luke Gifford in coverage right now, you've got to think that that's going to be an adva- advantage for the Falcons, Barry. Yeah, yeah let me, and let me ask you guys both a question because I want to uh, see what you guys think about this. Now, he did right. say Jordan He did say Jordan Lewis um, could have a great possibility of returning this week. So with the mention, like you said, of Hayden Hurst at tight end, how he can stretch the field, how they can come out in 12 personnel or 21 personnel and stretch the field with him at tight end, do you feel as though the Cowboys can go with a nickel package versus base, seeing as though Jordan Lewis will be back and he's good against the run. He's not, the, you know, he's not a linebacker or anything like that, but he can do good against the run. Plus, it'll be able for an extra cover person for Hayden Hurst. Do you believe that's the approach that the Cowboys would go going against this, uh, this uh, Atlanta Falcons offense? Uh, I, I don't, um, just because like. <laughs> We, we already have a problem stopping the run, so we get out there and base and throw in 11, I think they're going to be licking their chops. I'll tell you this, the linebackers are, are getting schemed up right now. In the, in the Atlanta Falcons uh, meeting room right now, they're pointing out who's missing and, and what, we, what we show the weakness at, and they're out there and they're scheming up everything to do that. So I don't think that will be a thing. I, hopefully, you know, in, in a perfect world, they would just bring in B. Carr and let him be that safety that walks down and covers and, and let the other safety roam or, or figure that out kind of how they did in Baltimore. That's the solution I see, especially if you get into 11 and you're playing cover one, you need somebody to cover tight end. I think Brandon Carr is the best person for the job. McCray, I'm with you 100%. I'll tell you where the pressure and, and who can help the defense the most on Sunday. It is the Dallas Cowboys offense. They need to control the football. The Rams held the ball for 35 minutes and change on Sunday. The Cowboys offense needs to hold the ball 30-plus minutes and keep this defense off the field. We've seen the past few seasons when the Cowboys have been able to win games, it's because the defense was uh, being able to have some rest and put other teams in some third-down situations 
situations and winning those third downs. So a whole heavy dose of Ezekiel Elliott, um, to me, is, is going to be the key for the Cowboys to go ahead and win because if you can keep Atlanta off the field, you're fine. And if you force them because you're able to go out to a lead and make them play from behind, we know the more Matty Ice is throwing the football, the better off it is for you. If you get him throwing 40, 50 passes because they're behind, making them one-dimensional, it's going to give the Cowboys a better opportunity to win, fellas. Yeah, this is true. This is very true. If you if you got Matty Ice going back there, dropping back for 46 attempts or 50 attempts, I think that plays right into the hands for the Dallas Cowboys. I think they'll be able to use those pass rushers off the edge. We've seen Alden Smith coming in. He looks like he's ready to keep going. So hopefully we get to that point where we make the Atlanta Falcons one-dimensional. My only worry is, man, who, who who's going to stick Julio Jones? You know, who's going to stick Calvin Ridley? I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's a daunting task, man, but we got to make them one-dimensional, in my opinion. Yeah, this, this would be a very different... Go ahead, Dan. This would be, this would be their very different uh, cover, coverage game for our defensive backs. They will be tested more than they were last week just because Sean McVay came out with this side-to-side plan and quick passes. I don't see Atlanta doing the same thing. I see them trying to run and play action and use the ability that they have on their offensive weapons. Hint, hint, some stuff that we should probably be doing with Calvin Ridley and, uh, and Julio Jones. And Julio Jones will be a, a, a big part of the game plan for Atlanta as Amari Cooper should be for us. So hopefully we see a battle of receivers. All right, uh, last night uh, the, the Clippers did uh, what I didn't think they would do. Uh, I thought they would win the game against Denver. Um, they, didn't get, they didn't just lose. They got embarrassed. Mm. Denver took their mm. pride up 20 points mm-hmm. late in the fourth quarter. I, I, I just thought that was just pure, pure embarrassment. And then on social media, Damian Lillard, C.J. McCollum just clowned <laughs> Paul. Paul and, and Pat Beverly, man. I mean, playoff P and they call it pandemic P. I mean, it was it was bad. <laughs> that was bad. Um, I, I actually feel sorry for Kawhi Leonard, man. I feel sorry for Kawhi Leonard because if you think about this, considering you've got Boston and Miami now in the East, what if Kawhi Leonard ended up deciding to go back to Toronto to run it back? They might have repeated as Eastern Conference champions, but it's clear that the Clippers did all this talking and produced nothing. But playoff P, ooh, ooh. Mm. Let me tell you something. Kawhi, Kawhi and Pandemic P went out there and played like straight garbage last night. <laughs> they looked bad. They they lost. Was it? They lost. They lost four in a row. Right? They were down three one and then came back. Yeah. Right. They lost so, three straight. They lost three straight. Games. They lost three straight. They lost three straight. They lost three straight. Yes. Um, yeah, it, it was bad, and they, you know, I, I don't know how much I believe in karma, but I do remember Patrick Beverly and all of them laughing and kicking and cackling on the sideline when uh, when Damian Lillard missed that missed those two free throws and lost the game. So uh, I say he gets the last laugh. <laughs> yeah, Dame definitely got the last laugh on this one. Uh, it, it was definitely embarrassing, man, to to be up three one and then get outsed in Game Seven by. By plus 20, I mean, it's embarrassing. Now, uh, I'm not going to put it all on Kawhi. Um, I felt like Kawhi carried him a lot of this way, but he fell up short in the fourth quarter. I think he only scored like two points in the fourth quarter. But um, this team right here, I mean, they were known for talking all that smack. I mean, like Danny said, you got Pat Beverly on the sidelines, who half of the time he wasn't even playing because he was injured. He was still (laughs) over there just talking, just chopping it up, just making fun of everybody. And then they ran into a buzzsaw of a team in in Denver. I mean, this this team was already 
already come back from 3-1 when they were playing Utah. So they 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 already had that in their veins. Like, this game seven is ours. We got ice in our veins. And they went out there and proved it, man. It's just, I feel bad for Doc, man. I, I just feel bad for Doc on no, this one. One of my favorite no. coaches, man. I feel bad for him. <laughs> hey, now, this this is three times Doc Rivers blow, has blown a 3-1 lead as a head coach. Now. I mean, this is, That's this why is, I feel bad for him. It's like, this, this is it's a specialty special, right now, man. Right. This is what he's done. Despite winning a championship with the Celtics in 2008, Doc Rivers is that dude who's coached these guys, and they can't they, they can't close the show. I also go back to old Marcus Morris uh, of the Clippers, who told Paul Millsap that they were going to go the blank home, and also that mess he pulled with Luka Doncic. So, so to see this whole group of guys who talk so much, who in their own way, really kind of disrespected the game of basketball and how, how you go about your business to do all that talking and they've won nothing and to see them blow a 3-1 lead and then in game seven get embarrassed, okay? I mean, they just didn't lose. They got embarrassed. Denver took their heart from them. That was something to see. And we'll see what, what how did they bring it back? They're in luxury cap. Heck, they don't have a first-round pick apparently until 2027. Uh, mm. I guess there's an extension that's supposed to be coming for for a playoff piece, so they've got to pay him. They've got no, they really have no choice but to try and dip into the luxury mm. tax and and bring these guys back. It's this is this is a problem out there for the Clippers, and then for Paul Pierce, not Paul Pierce, but for Paul George to say they didn't expect to win the championship in the first year. How could you come up with that weak excuse to the press conference after the game like that? Let, weak. Let, let me tell I mean, you, that was total garbage. Go ahead, D-Mac. The, the the worst part for, for for LA is if you zoom out and you and you really look at the at the players in the game, Denver was better than them. <laughs> I, I don't think if they if they met up again in the playoffs that they could beat them uh, beat Denver. So so they, they have some real stuff to deal with. They, they're not not even only the second best team in the West. They not they might not be the third because they could have lost to Dallas. <laughs> So they got some real problems. They got some real problems when you think about, you know, giving up uh, Paula Paul, uh, extension and, and figuring out what you're going to do. With, you know, you, you need a big man if you're going to be in the West. You know, you need some stuff. And I, I don't know if they have enough to get it. So they, they might not make it back to the or make it to the championship, let alone the, uh, the conference finals. Mm. Well, they they know one thing. The they better not finals. pay. Yeah, they never made it, and, and, I, and they better not play, uh, pay playoff P or whatever they calling him. I mean, after that performance, I mean, he shrunk. I mean, he it was like he just went down into a ball and just he he was a no he was a no show man. And they, for, the, they for the for the whole playoffs, the entire playoffs. They they have to pay Paul George. They don't. They're mm. they, all the assets that they've given up in draft picks. They have no option but to pay Paul George. So so he's getting his money. The big, big issue is Kawhi Leonard is playing on a one-year deal now because he's, he has a two-year opt-out for himself. So if they run this back, which I expect them to try to bring as many pieces as they can, run it back next year and it doesn't happen, then Kawhi Leonard is a free agent after the season. So you're talking about Kawhi Leonard will be free, Giannis Antetokounmpo, unless he signs this, uh, a big old extension this offseason, he's going to be free. And, and we'll see, because one thing we know, guys want to play with guys they like. And Jimmy Butler, in my opinion, showed people a whole lot that, you know what, go where guys in an organization wants to win the way you want to, because what they're doing in Miami right now, man, that's some tough stuff. Best thing he did was get I mean, out of Philly. Could have made more money in Philly, but he said, I want to go to a place where I, I want to win and guys want to win like me and put in that work. 
I mean, if you look at his game, Jimmy Butler, I mean, he's a scrappy defender. I mean, he's not flashy, but he'll get you some buckets. And that's basically what that Miami team is. It's just a bunch of scrappy dogs out there who just don't care what anybody says about them. They keep everything in-house, and they do what they do to try to win games. I mean, that, that's the perfect fit for Jimmy Butler, and he's the perfect guy to lead that team. I love how everybody you know, crowns Brad Stevens as his great coach, and here's Eric Spolstra doing his thing and people give him one don't want to give him credit for coaching two Miami Heat teams to a championship but uh, you know what I thought Spolstra and what he's done with his team has done an outstanding coaching job all right uh, we're, we're late all right we, we can't make no, uh, once poor, again poor Chris poor, poor Chris Bean work any harder than he has trying to get this show together but it was fun stuff uh, we got to thank Will McClay for popping on the Players Lounge brought to you by Hotels.com uh, Danny you're off tomorrow so it's just going to be Barry Church and I running things here on the Players Lounge we're looking forward to a fun show on Thursday fellas appreciate you now all right appreciate it see you on the next one this has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys?